Chaotically Nerdy is made by nerds for nerds. This podcast is made by adults for adults and children with bad parents. Adult language will be used, and adult situations may arise. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Chaotically Nerdy. This episode, we are going to talk about races. And yes, I said races, not racist. And it's D&D related. We're going to talk about the races in the player's handbook. And that's the only ones we're going to talk about. We'll cover the other ones later. If we have time, we may end up throwing out a couple extras like our favorites that have been released so far. Um, so Ethan is going to start us off because I believe one of his most memorable memorable characters is his dwarf. Definitely that we've ever played with. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a dwarf. Yeah. So I'm going to hit both of those, what, what you just said. This is absolutely my favorite race. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yep. I mean, I assume that because you played a lot. But yeah, it's my my favorite. I um, I have a beard, <laughs> right? Um, but I mean, let's just look at the uh, let's look at what's actually there. So dwarves. I mean, most people know if you're listening to this, you probably already know. Dwarves are shorter; they're between four and five feet tall, generally speaking. Um, they're shorter. They have big beards, generally speaking, both male and female. Sometimes. Um, and they're usually pretty stout. They're usually depicted as pretty stout and um, hardy people. Um, they usually go for colder climates, but not all the time. Um, but uh, <clears throat> so we want to talk about like stat bonuses yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Let's yeah. just go like let's give them a very factual take, and then we can bullshit. Right. And so for dwarves, they are hardy people. They get an extra Constitution score plus two. Um, they um, are average size, even though they are shorter. That's because of usually they're a bigger build. Um, they do have a sh- they have a slower walking speed. They're twenty five uh, feet per round in D anD. Um, let's see here. The they do have dark vision. That's a really handy trait to use. Um, it doesn't. Not everybody. Not all DMs do really hit on that as much but it is a very nice uh thematic thing um especially if you're playing on like roll 20 yeah but or... there's so many races that have dark vision yes there so is. it becomes a little bit moot at some point if uh unless nobody in the party does which we've had that problem before yes um they have a uh, dwarven uh resilience which means they have um resistance to uh poison damage and they have a uh, Advantage against uh, actually taking poison. Um, and um, let's see here. They have combat training, which means they already get proficiency, which makes it really interesting for casters. So they get proficiency with um, <clears throat> with uh, certain weapons, battle axes, axes in general, uh, hammers um, in general as well. And then um, they also get uh, some tool proficiencies and... They get a really nice investigatory uh, boost for, um, like, stonework and, like, things. They have stone cunning. So they can tell a lot about something just by how, if it's made out of stone, just by how it's been made. And uh, there are three sub-races that are mentioned in the player's handbook. Durgar is the uh, is a uh, 
It's like the direct opposite. So most dwarves are very moral based in their societies. They usually follow the lines of like that neutral good that most everything else does that's in the player's handbook, like humans and stuff like that. They usually follow that sort of moral norms, like, you know, killing is bad, feeding the hungry good. You know, so they use that. Durgar are not that way. They are the ones from the Underdark, and they have been corrupted, and now they are somewhat evil. Not necessarily all the way evil. They're more just in it for themselves. Uh, then the base dwarf, like, you, you know, everybody knows about this dwarf. It's the hill dwarf. It's the most common one, and uh, they're probably, if you're in a D&D campaign, it's probably the one that you're seeing, like, you know, running that uh, smithy, running that tavern, whatever it is. And then the um, the one that you would depict as, like, the king, you know, the dwarf king, the one in his hall in the mountains, it's mountain dwarf. That's, uh, that's really more of, like, that really classic dwarf Gimli and Thorin from, uh, from Tolkien's work, uh, Brunner Battlehammer from uh, R.A. Salvatore's writings with the Dritz... Uh, Dorden series. Um, let's see here. Uh, Durgar do have uh, several other things. So, uh, Durgar, uh, they have uh, the three sub races here have different things. So, there's um, the Durgar have extra magical abilities, and uh, hill dwarves and mountain dwarves have different uh, proficiencies that they're good with. And so, like the hill dwarf. I'm reading it now too. Yeah, uh, you get a bonus to your wisdom score. It goes up by one. Almost every race gets an plus two plus one. Yeah, plus two plus one. Almost every race, not all of them. Uh, hill dwarfs also get dwarven toughness, which adds an extra one point to your hit points every level. That's the big one for me. Yeah, that's the reason why I think most people, if they choose dwarf, they usually go hill dwarf. Uh, and then mountain dwarf is. Immediately breaks that rule we just said. Yeah. <laughs> Almost, yeah, immediately. So you get a strength score plus two. So if you were to choose a Mountain Dwarf, you get a Constitution plus two and a strength score plus two. And then they also get Dwarven Armor training, training, which gives you proficiency with light and medium armor, which could mean it could be beneficial if you want to play a caster mm-hmm. and actually have some AC and not just be light. So tell us about Hagen. Because Hagen? I feel like he was the most memorable character that we've played with. <laughs> Hagen was a mountain dwarf. Uh, he was um, he was the youngest son of a noble that still put him at about 200 to 300 years old. Um, of a noble family uh, that he was kind of the black sheep of. and um, But he still wanted to try and live up to the standards though. He was having, he was a good fighter, but he was having trouble keeping up with it morally. He was uh, not a very moral person. Gotcha. So if you're going to recommend a class for dwarf, any class can be, I, I know any yeah. class can be, it's no, I mean, we haven't talked about any class can it, be anything, but because it starts out with a constitution plus, and yeah. then there's a wisdom or a strength plus. Just about any class. The only one I would not suggest, though, is Rogue. Because of the slow speed? Slow speed. Presumably. Yes. Slow speed, and there's not a lot of bonuses outside of constitution scores. Yeah. And the strength score really does nothing for you. 
Unless you're playing like a barbarian. Yeah. That's the only time that it would add anything that you would think it would go with, Jared? Because when I think of them, I think of clerics. Clerics. Clerics yeah. and fighters are usually the two that pop into my head. Um, yeah. Clerics because mm-hmm. of the wisdom, fighter because of strength, obviously. Just because of their unique synergy, I think wizards, yep. because they, they get do their make... either hill or mountain, doesn't really matter. Depends if you want to be a little bit more hardy in your constitution or you want to have that armor that we talked about. Yeah. They work well. Okay. So now that we've got that one done, let's go to Jarrett, who's going to tell us about elves. Oh, everybody loves elves, right? You know, they're really long-lived. They are usually the most knowledgeable of the races because they just live so long they get to collect their knowledge. But in the D&D sense, you know, you get that... Very coveted plus two dexterity, which, you know, as we all know, dex is the best stat. Um, you know, your age, yeah, you can live, at least in D&E terms, up to like 750 years old. Like, it's forever. They are a medium creature between five and six feet tall. They get 30 feet walking speed. Like Ethan mentioned, almost everybody gets dead, dark vision. They get, they have it. Uh, my real big bonus that I think that this the base race of elf has is keen senses because they, they get perception yes. automatically as a skill when perception is one of the most important skills in D&D in D&D depending on your DM but most like 95% of the games will be perception uh, they get fey ancestry which gives them advantage on saving throws against magic and being charmed or magic that puts you to sleep and being charmed uh, which is niche but it could be useful I've seen it coming out and then probably the most Confusing part of their race is the trance, kind of like, you know, if you have an elf in your party, what counts as a long rest for them doesn't count by the text. It says it needs eight hours, but you're like, well, I can just do four. I've seen it argued both ways. That's something that we'd done at the start, was yeah. that we just took four hours and it was a long rest. Yeah, but it does say you need to have eight hours. Yes. You have to have eight hours, but you spend four of those eight hours. Yeah. They make really good watches. Trance. They do. Watchmen. Um, and then you go to your three, your three sub races, like the dwarves. You have the high elf, which is your um, what do you guys? You're more. It's obviously most more intelligent, like knowledge based elf. They're like not nature cultured, cultured. Yeah, that's civilized. Yeah, civilized. Um, they have the plus one to intelligence, and they have um, elf weapon training. So they have like your short bows, your uh, your long bows, your sword, your short sword and long swords, and they get a free um, language. And they get a free cantrip from the wizard spell list. That's pretty good. You get your wood elf, which is your, like, what I always think of, like, Legolas, classic Tolkien elf in my brain of, like, lives in the forest, is an archer, is really, you know, nature-based. They get the plus one wisdom. They also get the elf weapon training. Their movement speed is increased to 35. And then they have the mask of the wild, which lets them hide uh, in lightly obscured foliage. And then they have the drow which is the dark elf, the underdark version of the elf, which they are also been cursed. It's very, very weird by the Lord. Their lore is weird. Um, But they get a plus one to charisma. They have a better dark vision out to 120 feet instead of the regular 60. Their negative is they have the sunlight sensitivity, which means they have disadvantage on attack rolls and on perception checks in sunlight. But they do have the very niche thing of like uh, drow magic, which they get like... uh, can't like cantrips and a few spells that they can cast once a day, and then instead of elf weapon training, they have drow weapon training, which they just trade in uh, 
long swords and long bows and short bows for rapiers and hand crossbows. So they get the closer because they live in the yeah, other they're yeah they're close it's, range yeah so it'll be your closer range stuff mm-hmm. as far as as far as like a designated class what do you think my brain automatically goes to three it's like ranger rogue and like wizard yeah yeah I think that's pretty general I also think monk if you're going to min max a monk yeah because if you go with the they're the rare Dex Wiz. Yeah, you combo. have Dex Wiz, and not only that, you get 35 yeah, movement speed five on top of your further movement speed. So, anything you can think of that an elf would not be good at, which with D&D, you can use anything for anything. doesn't matter. Um, don't see many elf barbarians, but not that you couldn't be one. It just seems like a... Thematically, it doesn't yeah. seem like it fits. And I think that's why a lot of people choose... Certain they, things, because in my brain they're always like very calm. They're supposed to be more graceful and yeah. calm and collected. Yeah, but if you can make it work, yeah, yeah, you can make anything work. Yeah. So with that, I think we're going to move on to mine, which is halflings. These are they're the shortest, correct? Yes. Are they the yeah. shortest or is no? I'm sure. In the base short. races, yes, they are the okay, shortest. Okay, they're the shortest. So they're around three foot tall, and they weigh somewhere between forty and forty five pounds, and they're the happy little guys and gals. They try to be peaceful with everybody, and it says they get along with everybody, but they're explorative. So think of, I always think of the hobbits. Um, that's what they're you're I, supposed I, to think of. Yeah. And so whenever we talk about their traits, your ability score, they get a plus two to their dexterity. Their age, they reach adulthood at 20 and live into the middle of their second century, so about 250 years. Uh, They're about three foot tall and weigh about 40 pounds. Your size is small. The walking speed is 25 feet. They have a feat called Lucky, which is very, very beneficial. Whenever you roll a one on a D20 for attack roll, ability check, or saving throw, you get to re-roll that die, but you have to use a new roll. Uh, They have Brave, which is they have advantage on saving throws against being frightened. They have Halfling Nimbleness, so you can move through the space of any creature that is of a size larger than yours. So since you are small, any creature that is medium or above, which is most of the party that you would play with, they're all medium or above, <coughs> is improved. And then they have two sub-races. They have the light foot, and in that, the ability score increases, your charisma is increased by one, and they are naturally stealthy. So they can attempt to hide even when you're obscured only by a creature that is at least one size larger than you. So if you wanted to hide behind your dwarf fighter buddy, you could. Um, They also have stout. The stout halfling, its constitution increases by one. And the stout resilience, you have advantage on saving throws against poison and you have resistance against poison damage, which is basically the dwarf ability. (laughs) Yeah, essentially. Um, It's the same. What do you guys think of whenever you think of halflings? Frodo Baggins. Frodo Baggins. <laughs> so my mind always goes to like thief or something, like a rogue. Oh, yeah. Burglar. I, I think I go rogue and then bard are the two that, which, because in the player's handbook, the picture of the halfling literally has a loot in their hand. Um, they're fun to play. Having the lucky, it's mm-hmm. so good in situations. They're honestly, um, they're honestly really good at like dex-based fighters yeah. as well. 
would yeah. say like a fighter. Yeah, yeah. You get a fighter or a ranger. Yeah, they, they do good. make good rangers. Yeah, yeah, because you can ride on your beast if your beast man thing's big. Oh, yeah. That's true because it's... Because you're so If you wanted small. to, you can hide behind it yeah. <laughs> at the end of it. Um, and then so we're going to go straight into humans. And humans are exactly like us, essentially. <laughs> They are humans. Yep. There's a wide variety of them, and they all look different, and they're all the same. Somehow, they are more boring than we are. <laughs> Somehow. So, their ability scores, they have actually two different types. They break the mold. You can be a regular human. 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 <laughs> you can human. be a regular human. What's a human? <laughs> it is a fucked up version of the human. <laughs> they have... Where each ability score increases by one. So you get a plus one to each of your, which is very beneficial. Uh, the other thing I didn't mention, halflings don't have dark vision. We talked yeah, about. They're one of the rare few that don't have dark vision. Um, and obviously, age and size are varied because they're just like us. Uh, base walking speed is 30 feet. Why? What? Ha- oh, it's because the other human is the variant human to where you get an ability score increase where two different abilities, so you get to choose the two. Mm-hmm. Increase by one, you gain a proficiency in one skill of your choice, so you can take that ever-so-needed perception or any other one that you want, and you also gain a feat of your choice, which is very, very beneficial. A lot of people think it's overpowered, and I've seen... Well, it definitely power creeps the regular human. It does. <laughs> I've seen a lot of DMs ban it. Online, like say, technically, I did ban in mine, but that's just because I keep everybody a free feed. So, yeah, I, so I, technically, you would be it'd be a waste to take the variant human. I just did, so you couldn't get two feeds. Yeah, I personally don't like it. I, 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 I wouldn't mind somebody using it, but it's really boring just to take that because it's it's humans meta. in general are yeah. boring. This <laughs> comes from a guy who played a human as his first character because he didn't know what he wanted. That's, that's true. what I played. I played the human, they're just boring. I think I played it. I think I played Wood Elf. I'm like, yeah, why would did. I be a human when I could be something else? Um, as far as classes, any of them. They are literally I'm, the generalists. Yeah. They fit with anything. Anything. Why Why not, uh, if you're going to be a vanilla, why not be a vanilla? Just play fighter. Hey. Thanks. Hey. <laughs> you're taking shots at Jared at this well, point. Randall the Vandal is, you know. Randall the Vandal. I forgot <laughs> that was his name. Yeah. I remember. It's the goat. <laughs> the goat. <laughs> I, I guess he did. He did. He did. He pulled it off. Did I not no. save the world? You did. You did save the world. I'll give that to you. All right. So now we're gonna jump into dragonborns. And Jarrett, why don't you tell us about them? They're dragon. They're dragonborns. They're dragons mixed with dudes. <laughs> like what else do you want? Well, why, why not? Why not dudettes? Oh, dudettes. Yeah, either way, dragons mixed with dudes with or people dudettes. with humans. They're they're dragon people. They're just they. I don't really love the art. That the official art that they give them? I almost wish it was half dragon. Like well, the it, half dragon art is way better. That's what I mean. I yeah. wish that the half dragon art was the yeah. But the regular dragon dragonborn whatever. But they are very like um family based and they're very proud. Like they they, they are very prideful creatures and they uh, protect their clan. Um but you get the strength plus two, charisma plus one. Um they live roughly the same amount as humans. Uh, they're a medium creature, but they are usually are over six feet, and they weigh about you know over two hundred fifty pounds. And then the big decider is what ancestry you are. 
So which color you are. Yeah, so you either one of the metallic colors or one of the chromatic colors. Which is black, blue, brass, bronze, copper, gold, green, red, silver, and white. Yeah. And Each that, of those. That changes ahead. your breath weapon depending on which one you um, select. And also will uh, d- determine your resistance for your draconic ancestry. Uh, but And then you have a base walking speed of 30 feet. Uh, you get a damage resistance associated with your draconic ancestry. Uh, and then you get the breath weapon, which is... Scales as you level. It's okay. Its uses do not scale, though. Its uses and do I not And I feel like that could be the biggest change to... That's because they did change it. Oh, they did change it? Tasha's. I did not know that. They updated both metallic and chromatic. So... Um, uh, is there anything specific you think of whenever you think of a, dra- a dragonborn? Paladin. Paladin. Yeah. I always think of sorcerer. I don't know Neither why. That works too, but... Again, I think that's because the picture looks like a sorcerer. It is. Yep, totally a sorcerer. So <laughs> the images have ruined me as far as changing things. Mm. Uh, Ethan, you want to take us to Gnome? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So Gnomes are the second shortest race in the player's handbook. Um they are a little bit shorter than dwarves, a little bit taller than halflings. Um they, in a lot of cases, a lot of people confuse them with halflings, um, or they're just analogs of halflings. But really, they're they're really different. Rate like for their traits and stuff that mm-hmm. you get, um, their background stuff like that. They're really more magical, almost fey creatures, whereas the halflings are just tiny people. With gnomes, um, they do live in underground, like you see. Halflings do in, uh, like, Lord of the Rings. They're slightly like larger hobbits. Yeah. Um, but they're also very, they also are very obsessive about things. And they're also very whimsical about things, more often than not. Um, uh, the gnome traits, you do start out with uh, plus two to your intelligence. They live to be about 350 to 500 years old. Um, they are typically between three and four feet tall. Um, their walking speed is 25, like all the other short races. Um, they do have dark vision, um, and um, they have what's called gnome's cunning, and you have advantage on intelligence, wisdom, and charisma, saving throws against magic. It's super powerful. It's really good. It's one of the things that makes them one of the best races, in my opinion, uh, just because of that. And then... Um, they have two sub races, main sub races. Uh, even though I am currently playing the fourth one, uh, or the third one, I mean, uh, Deep Gnome is the one I'm currently playing. There's Forest Gnome and Rock Gnome. I think uh, Rock Gnomes are the typical gnome that you would see normally mm-hmm. in, say, books and in the writings and stuff. Rock Gnomes are, um, they get a plus one to their constitutions and they are artificers. So that's something else that uh, gnomes have that others don't they're much more based around their skills so that's comes with that um obsessive type side to them and then uh, forest gnomes are like the wood elf version for gnomes they're much more fey like than the other gnomes and they get a plus one to their dexterity uh they get uh illusion magic as well uh, just innately, uh, they can cast minor illusion, um, and they can speak with small animals, um, basically at will. Uh, deep gnomes are, uh, 
much like the Duergar, they come from and the Drow, they come from the Underdark. They're um, they're different than the other gnomes, but uh, instead of being normally uh, debased or kind of amoral, uh, the deep gnomes are much more moral than their uh, surface cousins. So they are they're actually probably more likable than the other underdark races. So. Gotcha. Do you think that gnomes apply? Not, I don't want to say apply because obviously every single class can go or every single race can go with every single class. When you think of a gnome, do you think of any particular class though? I, I think of, uh, I think of wizard first off for gnomes. Do you think of any particular ones, Jared? Artificer. Yeah. Artificer, Artificer. fits the Lord, but I always go like, Maybe this is because I watch Critical Role, but I always go Bard and Pike. Uh, <laughs> Scanlan yeah. and Pike, I just go, like, they are very... That is more than likely because of Critical Role. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the ones you see. But, it I mean, they, they start with the intelligence modifier, mm-hmm. so I always go with Wizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that makes sense. That's, they're beneficial for... It's beneficial for Wizards to have that. Yeah. Um, so with that, take us into Half-Elf, which I believe is one of the most beneficial races in the player's handbook. I feel like it's a better um, jack of all trades than human. It's yes. more interesting because it is. Yes. Um, <laughs> so they're not too much different than humans, to be honest. They are just humans with a little bit of elf in them. With giggity with pointy ears. Giggity. Yep. <laughs> um, I'm so old. Um, uh, I mean, but, Family uh, Guy's still on, so that's not that old. Of is it thing. really? Yes. I don't watch TV anymore. Half-elves, though, do get a charisma score plus two, and they get to choose one other plus one to add wherever they want it. Two others. They get to choose two others. That's why I said two others. Oh, I thought you said plus one one other. I said they get a charisma score plus two, and then two others plus one. Yeah. Um, So that's really nice. You you can do a lot of uh, of stuff with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Age, they usually live a little bit longer than humans. 180 years is like... uh, Kind of like the medium. It's like 80 for us. And then their size is about human size. The speed is the same. But they do have dark vision. So that's another bonus that they get over over humans. They do have fae ancestry as well from the elf side. It's uh, They have advantage on saving throws against being charmed and can't be put to sleep by magic. Um, uh, skill versatility. They gain proficiency with two skills additionally on top of what they get normally is their class or their background, and then uh, that's really it. Yeah, there's no sub races or anything. Yeah. But I think they're the most, one of the most beneficial because you get they're very versatile. Very, they're very good, versatile. They're the most versatile. Yes, you get very good things from the elf class. Yeah, race. <laughs> what the fuck is this second edition? Race. My God, I'm stupid. <laughs> um, you get the dark vision. You get the fey ancestry. So you can't. You have advantage against being charmed. Those are both beneficial things if you remember to use them. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to forget. Uh, And then the skill versatility, being able to choose two extra skills, is very beneficial. It's just good. Yeah, just strictly good. Especially if you play with a DM that has a lot of skill based checks, like Arcana perception. But for like a class, like that you would choose for that. There's so many options because of the skill versatility, but. Having that plus two to charisma. It's any of the, I always say any I mean, charisma casters. Yeah. I mean, you're talking bard, paladin, sorcerer, warlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, any of those would work perfectly fine, but you could play anything. Yeah. Because yep. they are, literally are the most versatile. Because yep. you can put those other two points oh, yeah. wherever you want. Yep. 
and cover up those spots that you need. So, Jarrett, that takes us to half-orc. I put you on half-orc because I think you've played a half-orc. Not that I remember, but... Oh, well. <laughs> fuck it. I did. Uh, you oh. know, yeah, I did once. Like one session. Generally, gotcha. these are like the biggest... Literally once. Yeah. Biggest, most brutal of the races in the player's handbook. They're, they are half-orcs. I mean, they are literally half-orc, half-man. Or woman. Human. 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 They get a plus two strength and a plus one to constitution. Uh, they live uh, roughly the same amount of time as humans. Just a little bit faster. They may age a little bit faster, but just not much. They are usually well over six feet, and um, they are si- their size is medium, like most of them. They get the walking speed of 30 and dark vision. They get uh, proficiency in intimidation, which is pretty good. My favorite one of their things is relentless endurance. They When they reduce to zero hit points, they drop to one instead. It's very useful, especially paired with the correct class. They have savage attacks. When they score a critical hit, they get to add a melee. Uh, they get to add a one extra damage dice to a melee attack. And that's it. They're basically very similar. They're very simple. Yeah. I, th- I think that we all kind of... When we think of orc, we think barbarian. They are the barbarian class. Like, if you're going to do this, play barbarian. Yeah. Barbarian just, or fighter. Everything just matches up so well with barbarian. I don't know. Yeah. Why, why would you not go yeah. with barbarian? Because you get the two. You basically get two strength thing. and constitution. Well, that, two th- you basically get two barbarian class abilities Yeah. as a race thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they double up on one another. So yeah. It's perfect. And then that brings us to Tiefling, which is the last class of the player's handbook. Um, They are your demon people. They basically look like demons and humans mixed. So on their traits, they have an ability score increase. Your intelligence score goes up by one and your charisma goes up by two. They mature at the same rate as humans, but live a few years longer. So probably like 120, I think is what most of us have roundabout said. Uh, their base walking speed's 30. They get dark vision, of course. Uh, they have hellish resistance, which is you have resistance to fire damage, which is very beneficial. It's one of it's, the most common types of damage out there. Yes. Yeah. Um, they also have infernal legacy, where you know the thaumaturgy cantrip. You, when you reach third level, you can cast hellish rebuke as a second level spell once. And when you reach fifth level, you can cast darkness spell once every long rest which is very, very beneficial. I know I think of these, they're warlocks. Like, that's, yeah. that's what I think of whenever I think Deal of a team. Like you can play whatever you want, but... It, it's what it's what they allude to. Yeah. I mean, that's it, what they feel like they're going to That's where be. they lean. Yeah. Um, Hellish Rebuke is very good, especially if you're going to play a caster, mm-hmm. because if you get hit, you just do damage back to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's... That's a way to sometimes make somebody back up, especially if they're already weak. Um, so we burned through that fairly quick. Not too bad. So let's talk about Tasha's changes for the races. And we'll talk about just the stat changes. That's fine. Because one of you two, since you DM, explain what Tasha did with Tasha's book did with the changes. Basically said... You get to do whatever the hell you want with your stats. So, so instead of them being locked to your specific attributes that we just talked about, you get to move them around. You get to go 
get to go put your plus two instead of if you're a dwarf instead of constitution you can put in strength you can put in intelligence dex doesn't matter yep you can move your now with that you can't stack them yeah you can't stack you them. can't go okay well instead of a plus two for constitution i'd rather have a and plus two for strength mm-hmm. if you went mountain yeah is that right mountain. if you went mountain you can't go oh well i'd rather add four to my constitution you can't do yeah, that exactly. it has to be two and two and you can put them wherever the hell you want. There's also some stuff with like background, or not background, but proficiencies you change out for other proficiencies. Yeah, that's the. Least but I thing. I think that's a very good change, mm-hmm. to a degree. Um, it makes which class you choose basically skill based. Yeah. Um, you're gonna choose whichever one gives you the skills that are gonna benefit you the most. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you not choose a tiefling and just put? wherever you want. Mm-hmm. If you plan on being somewhere, if you know that your party's going to have a wizard and they're going to cast fireball right in the middle, why not take tiefling so you can be fire resistant <laughs> and just stay in the middle of it, make a tiefling barbarian and just say, fuck it. I'm getting up in there. I mean, I, I like it because it, it, it kind of discourages people from choosing variant human and half elf all the time. Yeah. Even though they're probably the most common, mm-hmm. like, like, thematically in like say forgotten realms mm-hmm. or eberron even they're probably the most common races out there but it discourages people and they can play something more more interesting or unique yeah or unique yeah but on the flip side whenever it feels like you're locked into a class like constitution strength being your fighter mm-hmm. um i keep going back to mountain dwarf for some reason <laughs> but when you feel like you're locked in that fighter, it's more fun sometimes to play a wizard who has those bonuses instead of moving it to constitution and intelligence. Well, yeah, because you're fitting the bill, right? Yeah. Instead of, you know... And sometimes it makes it... Shaping different. it around your character, you shape your character to the surroundings, which feels more genuine. It yeah. feels yeah. more natural. Authentic. Yep. Yeah, muscle wizard cast fist. <laughs> Yeah, I have to. I have to agree totally. I yeah. there's like from a my le- favorite character is a dwarf fighter. Yeah, that's like the most generic thing you can yeah. find. Mm-hmm. But you you are very good at role playing as well, and you don't always. Sometimes you min max, not always though. I did not on that character. <laughs> no, bounced around from class. Oh class. man, no. Yeah. But uh, and so that kind of leans towards. I think when you don't min max, and I'm a min maxer, it's who I am. I try to pick classes that tie in with the race I'm going to play. Now that Tasha's is out, if we use that, I don't have to, I can choose whatever class I want and then try to do more role playing. I felt not locked into classes, but like I, I was better off to choose those classes that would benefit me. Mm -hmm. That's everybody. But it also makes sense. Like you're not like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have like a halfling with, Plus two strength. They're so small. Yeah. Doesn't make a lot of sense. But I mean, you, I mean, I understand why Tasha's is that way mm-hmm. and I can appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. But I think like having that dexterity bonus, having that intelligence or the wisdom bonus or whatever it is, uh, really pushes you in a direction and having direction suggested to you. Mm-hmm. Can be helpful. It's, it can, it, be, really it can be helpful, helpful when you're really, really new. Helpful. Yeah, I would say this is not something I would necessarily introduce to new players. No, not at all. Because no. it gives you the um, analysis paralysis where you're like, there's so many different options and choices you can make, and then they just get like kind of like they shut down. 
Well, I mean, then you can also be like play something that's off the mm-hmm. off of the meta. So you could play like that um, dwarf warlock, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you get to role play out how that doesn't actually fit with your society with your race, and that's yeah. kind of interesting too. So now let's talk about the ability score breakdowns, and what I mean by that is what number is attached to which. We talk about plus five, plus two, oh. things like that. Yeah. The modifier that you get to add whenever you roll something. So you can have an ability score of 17, and you're going to say your strength score is 17, and they say, okay, give me a strength save. If you're not proficient, which we're going to assume we're not, you would roll and add your three. Mm-hmm. And so the way that works is one is a negative five, two to three is negative four. You'll see a pattern. The even numbers are where it changes. It goes up by one. Four and five is negative three. Six and seven is negative two. Eight and nine, negative one. Ten and eleven is zero. Twelve and thirteen is one. And so on and so forth up to plus ten, which is unlikely that you get there. That's more so near impossible. More so. Yes. More so that's meant for monstrous races. Monsters or. Not races, but monsters. Monsters. (laughs) Sorry, not races. Um, So. And then there's different ways to, whenever you're making your character, choose how you get your ability scores. So we, at our table, do oh. a roll. Yeah, we roll. We roll 46s, take the three highest, and re-roll any ones. Yep. You take what you get whenever you re-roll the one. If it's a one, you don't re-roll it. Historically, Tyler is the best roller. Don't know why, but I roll D6s really high. We've, we've played several different ways by doing stats. Mm-hmm. We've never done the point by. I don't think any of us found that very it's intriguing. So, it's so rigid. Yeah. You're kind of stuck. I can understand why people would prefer that, but at the same time, I want to give yeah. people the option to, or the ability to roll the dice for their character to make it random, to make and it, it individualized. Be either really it. good or really bad, because Lurk was what? Uh, a, a six. Yeah, you six have, intelligence. You have the most uh, experience with a negative modifier here. Yeah. Uh, well, Hagen had like an eight. eight. In yeah. Charisma. Charisma. Yeah. Yeah. At your request. <laughs> that I re-roll. Yeah. 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 That's one of the ways to get that. Uh, so let's talk about. I'll give you guys a second to look it up. Let's talk about our favorite race that's not in the player's handbook, and we'll kind of break them down. And I have mine well, already, so I can go ahead and go. Yeah, Mine is the Eric Cochran. I knew it. <laughs> I had the most fun with that Eric Cochran monk. Yeah. Now, granted, I had the most fun with that because it was a monk rogue, and Ethan made us overpowered as fuck. That's also true. Because what you did was you let us multi-class, and you treated it like we were, while we were level oh, six. That was the old days. We yep. were basically level 12 yeah. because yeah. we had six levels in Rogue and six levels in Monk is without, what I had. Without the extra HP. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was basically... We it was not the extra HP, yeah. essentially. Yeah. We basically... We were trying out different things. Well, we was like... It was basically Gasalt. Yeah. It was Gasalt leveling. It was... Oh, it was great. Um, so, Eric Cochran's are essentially human people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're bird people. Mm-hmm. And they can fly. As long as they are not wearing any more than light. You can't be wearing medium or heavy armor. You have a flying speed of 50 feet per round. 
their ability score increases, your dexterity increases by two, and your wisdom increases by one, which is why I used it for Monk. Because with Monk, we'll talk about that later. Uh, they reach maturity by age three, and they don't usually live longer than 30 years. I actually think I made that Eric Cochran like 32. <laughs> which he was a monk, so it worked out. Um, they're, they have a flight. Their side, they're about five feet tall. The base walking speed is 25. Was not super beneficial for monks, but it also worked out because you get the speed increase. Yeah, you, you so just it flew everywhere. It, well, it, I flew everywhere, and then with yeah. the speed increase, it didn't matter. You get talons, which natural weapons, it's a 1d4 plus your strength modifier, which was beneficial because it was treated as a monk weapon, so it scaled with us because it's fist. But it did slashing damage instead of. Right. Bludgeoning. Um, do you know yours outside of? I do if you still need more time. Go for it. Goliath. I, I knew that was coming too. <laughs> <laughs> we know each other so well. Uh, you get the plus two to strength. You get the plus one to constitution. They are big boys. Think of Grog. They, it's Grog. Although I had never seen Critical Roll when I played my Goliath. But they stand between seven eight feet tall. They're heavy. They're 240 to 340 pounds. Um, but they are medium, which is weird. It's they push the boundary of medium. You're almost getting into large. Um, they get natural or that walking speed is thirty. They get natural athletic athlete, which gives them athletics off offhand, and then they have stones endurance, which is very very useful for a melee character or really any character. But you get to roll d12, add your constitution, deduct that from a damage incoming damage roll at you uh, once per. Actually, they changed it or. It's once per short or long race, but I think they might have changed that in Tasha's. I'm not sure. What I'm looking at is not in Tasha's, but powerful build. They get you count as one size larger for your carrying capacity, so he counts as large, so he can push, pull, drag, lift things that are large. Mountain born. This is something that wasn't originally in there, but you got you're resistant to cold damage, and you are acclimated to high altitude at elevations of twenty thousand feet. That wasn't the cold damage was originally not included, but they have since updated it. Makes sense. My second character ever was a Goliath cleric, so I went off base a smidge, but he was a Tempest cleric, so it kind of fit. He was still melee up in the up in the group. I uh, I guess mine because my favorite one is dwarf. Yeah. Um. I I have to say, it's hard to pick. There's like two of them. The Heron God. No, <laughs> that is my least favorite. Pandarian. He hates rabbit. Pandarian. Uh, I don't like rabbit. I don't like rabbit people. Final Fantasy fourteen really you, ruined you me. You don't like that. rabbits and you don't like pandas. I don't like a lot of things. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm trying to decide. It's between um, Yanti Pure Blood and ASMR. Interesting. ASMR is from the Dungeon Master Guide. Originally. Originally, they updated it several though. times. Yeah. But ASMR is interesting. It's like it's the opposite of a tiefling. Yep. It's a it's a godly half, creature. It's a half angel. celestial, yep. half angel. Um, they they're pretty interesting. I, I find them kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fun to play. Yanti is a uh, snaky people. Yeah, yeah. Christopher not walking. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's immediately what I think. They've of. got magical benefits. They're really great for making a nice warlock. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's between those two. I'm not going to go too much in detail. Because yeah, because not really sure. Dwarf is my favorite. So with the D&D question, since we're pretty well finished, we're going to wrap this up. Yeah, you forgot about this part. 
This is a question that Ethan posed to me. And it is, if your D&D campaign could be made into a movie, what actor would you want playing your most recent character? So, Valena. Wait, wait. This question actually came from Zach Thompson. Okay. So, thank you, Zach. So, I will let Ethan start. He can explain his character and then tell us who it is. For Rex? Yes. Okay, my current well, one Well, it says most recent character. Okay. So. Yeah, okay. that's true. For Rex Knackles, uh, I feel like a lot of it is uh, themed off of, originally unintentionally, but it kind of turned out to be that way, themed off of um, Danny DeVito's character in Hercules. Phil, yep. Phil. Phil. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I feel like Danny DeVito would play the part really well. <laughs> he's very short. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of, he can be like kind of way. And I, I think the comedy that comes through with my character kind of fits that as well. Gotcha. So, so Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. Definitely. <laughs> Age-wise, does that still work? Yes. With oh, your, yeah. Okay. I didn't oh, know yeah. how old Rex was. He's upper middle age. Gotcha. So it works. I, I would say Danny DeVito is probably old age by now, but... <laughs> do you got one in mind or do you want me to go ahead? I think I'd yeah, I got one in mind. Okay. Uh my latest character, but I have been DMing for a while, so my last character was called Valena Starshield. Uh she was a elf wizard. Um she was the younger sister of mine and Tyler's other characters in the same campaign. Um for her, I would think like Anna Taylor Joy. Oh, because she has like that very like fate. If you you guys haven't seen New Mutants, but her character I've in that, seen New Mutants. Oh, you have? You for, yes, I have. Yeah, think of her character. In yeah, that. Like, that's what I think of in my okay. brain. Gotcha. Nice. Mm-hmm. I, I I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, we have already talked about this, Ethan. I said which it would have to be a voice acting because my last character was Korth. He's a lizard vault. I would imagine it would be CGI'd. I have two people in mind: either Alan Tudyk. Because he would do a very good job at it. Or Blake Clark, who, if you don't know, is the guy from Waterboy, who's the real redneck. He's, I believe he's also in Joe Dirt. Is it Joe Dirt? The movie where he's like, Home Improvement, you make it. That guy? Yeah, it's that guy. Wasn't he in Home Improvement? He was in Home Improvement. Yeah. His voice would go with Korth. Specifically, Home is where you make it. Yeah, the Home is where you make it. Or... He just talks that way in Waterboy. Yeah, pretty does. Big, he really That's does. his whole Look, thing in Water. I, Remember that time Bobby Boucher come on down and down and down and down? <laughs> That's essentially how Korth talked. For everyone asking, yes, as his DM, I made him do the voice. Oh, yeah, I did the voice, too. I loved it. I remember the first session we walked up and... Got everybody. I got everybody. And on top of that, we met guards. And when I said the line of whatever I said. And the guards looked at me and said, does anybody here speak English? <laughs> I mean, common? Common. Yeah. But. Yeah. Oh, geez. And so that that's my two picks. Just because I think if anybody could pull it off, Alan Tudyk could pull it off. But I already know Blake Clark could pull it off. So with that, I think we're going to wrap everything up. It's a good question. It is a good question. Yeah. I appreciated that you sent it to me because mm-hmm. if not, Doing this, you were probably going to struggle with next time's question. Oh, I got another one. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. I, that's good. We'll, right. we'll remember that for next time. Thank you guys for listening. We hope to see you on the next episode where we're going to talk about some of the races.
God damn it, we just talked about racist. Somebody tell me how to get my life in order because I need to know. Did you take your medicine today? I did, apparently oh. not. Um, we're going to talk about classes. I think we're going to talk about one or two of them just because if they fit. But hopefully we'll see you on the next one.